Sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. Welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 98. Getting closer and closer to episode 100. Hard to believe that the Back of the Range Golf podcast will reach triple digits in just a couple weeks. Thank you to everyone that continues to support, listen, and promote the Back of the Range. Before we get started with this week's episode, sending some well wishes to a few of the guys that I highlighted on the Road to Hoylake series before the Walker Cup. Isaiah Salinda made the cut at the Shriners in Vegas this past weekend. He played alongside Phil Mickelson in the final round where he shot 61. Need to ask Isaiah about that one. Also, best of luck to Cole Hammer, Brandon Wu, and Chandler Phillips. They'll be teeing it up at the Houston Open this weekend. As many of you know, Brandon and Cole were part of the victorious Walker Cup team along with Isaiah. Chandler Phillips barely missed out on being on that team, but he has since turned pro, made it through the first stage of Corn Ferry Tour Q School, so all the best to him and the guys at Houston. Lots of great episodes here as we move through the fall. We're going to see a lot of collegiate players, mid-ams, senior ams, but if you have suggestions or ideas for episodes, reach out, let me know what you'd like to see here at the back of the range. My email address, ben at thebackoftherange.com. Follow along on all the social media channels. We're always giving something away. We're always on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. All the links to those channels are available in the show notes of the podcast episode. The best place to get all this information, though, is on our website at thebackoftherange.com. So speaking of Texas, our guest this week is Cooper Dossie. Cooper just recently picked up the individual win at the Fighting Illini Invitational at Olympia Fields, and his Baylor Bears picked up the team title as well. Golf Week had them ranked in the top 20 preseason rankings. Clearly, Baylor is looking to boost their rankings as they make a run at the Big 12 Championship and the National Championship in May of next year. Cooper has racked up multiple wins in his collegiate career despite some wrist injuries along the way, which we got into. He also won the North and South Amateur at Pinehurst last summer with multiple caddies on the bag. We got into that as well. If you're a loyal listener of the back of the range, you obviously love following amateur and collegiate golf. Well, Cooper Dossie is a kid that I'm sure you're going to root for this season, and he'll be fun to keep an eye on after he graduates from Baylor and decides to venture into the professional ranks. So let's get started. Cooper, thanks for the time. Welcome to the back of the range. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. Hey, glad to have you. You know, All-American senior at Baylor coming off of a win at uh, the University of Illinois tournament at Olympia Fields. For people that may not know a little bit about Olympia Fields, they are one of uh, a handful of courses that have held multiple USGA championships. They've had the Amateur in 2015, the Open in 2003. You picked up the individual win and Baylor picked up the team win. I think a lot of people that are casual followers of college golf see these massive, crazy low numbers that that college players shoot. You know, they shoot 65s like they're going out of style. Um, there are about 80 or so players in this field, and only three of them finished the 54 holes under par. You won with minus four. Tell me about that golf course, that tournament. You've played it multiple times. Tell me about that tournament a little bit. Um, it's probably one of the strongest tournaments in college, just in terms of the players that are there and the teams that are there. 
and then you get to play on such a prestigious golf course. Uh, and so that's always a bonus. But um, the last three years, uh, I haven't really performed well. Uh, I've probably finished outside the top 30 in the last couple of years there. And it's just a really demanding golf course. Uh, the rough is thick. Um, and that week we had a little rain the last day, but it was kind of windy throughout the week. And so that's why the scores were um, not as low as, you know, a normal college event. But um, I, I don't know. I just, I really haven't played well there. And um, I've done a lot of stuff in my swing and mentally to get better. And this week, um, I guess going into this year, I felt a lot more confident than I ever had. Uh, and I hit a bunch of fairways. And that's really important out there because sure. it's it's very penalizing to be in, in the rough. And so, um, I don't know, the putter got hot the last day and I was able to have a big lead going into the last two holes because I almost gave it away, but it was a good week for me personally. And, uh, but man, just to get the team win was really special too. Yeah. And that's a kickoff to your senior season. And obviously that place, cause I, I spoke with coach Mike small of Illinois last year and that just, that tournament just seems to just kind of, it's like, all right, welcome to the season, and you just kind of get kicked in the <laughs> mouth with that place because it's you're playing at about what, like seventy two hundred yards. It's a par seventy. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, so so that place is just no joke. But so to come out of there with a win, that I mean, I'm I'm guessing that's got to be one of the toughest setups you're ever going to see in college golf. Absolutely, I think it's uh, like I said, it's got a really strong field, but uh, the golf course it, itself is just brutal. Um, it's really easy to make a bogey, and so. You really got to miss in the wrong or in the right places, and I think I only missed it short-sighted one time all week, which is rare for me. Uh, so I played smart, and I guess playing smart, you know, on a hard golf course pays off. Yeah, well, you picked up a win in your freshman year. I know you're an All-American, and you know you have a win in your sophomore year at the Royal Oaks. We'll get into a little bit more of your accomplishments. I definitely want to hit back on confidence because I I want to ask you a little bit about some of the injuries you've dealt with in your college career. But before we go into you as much let's talk a little bit about um your your family's connection with baylor you are far from the first in your family to go to baylor and i would imagine far from the last um so let's see uh, 30 to 40 family members on both sides both your mom and dad's side have gone to baylor is that correct yes i think that's around 35 okay um so i think i'm like a fifth generation baylor bear on both my parents side of the family yeah, so your aunt played basketball there. Your mom was, I think, on the cheer squad. So let's let's get inside the the Dossie family dynamic here on a Baylor football Saturday. How bad does it get? Um, who 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 can't handle it? Who gets a little too riled up? Let's uh, let's throw some family members under the bus here in in a nice friendly format. Talk to me about what a Dossie football Saturday looks like. Um, see, if we're watching at home, my mom likes to watch like the cheerleaders um <laughs> do their stuff and so she knows all the dances and the fight song and so like she'll start doing it and try to get me and my little brothers to do it as well and like i just that always happens at some point during the game and then my dad is he loves the uniforms um so he follows a twitter account about you know what they're wearing that week and yeah. he gets all geeky about the different outfits and he says like they're the good or bad so basically i think his dream job is to do the Baylor football uniforms and then my little brother Sam is like he knows every player on every team so football basketball baseball golf at Baylor 
Um, and I remember when we played Michigan State in a bowl game a, a few years back. I don't remember the year it was, but I think we lost by either a field goal or a touchdown. And he started crying like super hard and just falling. And <laughs> he's super connected with the football team. So, um, and then to be honest, my brother Luke is a freshman, and I like we like going to the games and you know we root for them but we're not like as connected as our parents and my little brother right um but we're always you know screaming if good things happen uh and i i mean i i, I guess that Baylor's just like a super special place in my family's heart and we've all bled green and gold our our whole life so um we're very connected with the university yeah and you know i know that coming out of high school i know you won multiple state championships uh you know not only team but individual you had a great junior career all american at the ajga won numerous awards uh through for you know with them you know sportsmanship awards and just an excellent junior career but baylor was not your first choice so texas a&m was kind of a a place that you were going to go to and i know that you i know that after your brother took his visit you you took another look at baylor so I know the campus, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere on campus was a big reason, but talk to me a little bit about your first meeting with, with Coach Mike McGraw and, and how, how that, maybe his, you know, meeting him, how that helped you make the decision to go to Baylor. He's a very well-respected human being, not just a golf coach. Um, and my faith is very important to me, and it's also very important to him. And obviously that's a big part of Baylor. Um, and so I was committed to A&M, and, uh, about a month before I signed, um, I just got this weird feeling like I, I just needed to go to, to Baylor and make sure it's not the place I'm supposed to be, basically. Just make right. sure that it was the school for me. And thankfully, um, Coach Higgins was very um, very kind about it, and he let me go on an official visit to Baylor, still being committed to A&M. Um, and it was funny. We were trying to, like, hide it the whole week while I was at Baylor. Like, we didn't want anyone to know except for A&M, me, and my family. Like, no one knew but the coaches and my family. Uh, and so uh, I sat down with Coach McGraw, and we talked for a while. Uh, but the most important thing to me um, is the guy that I'm going to be playing for is going to be basically my dad for the next, you know, four years. Because right. uh, moving away from home, I'm really close with my family. And it was hard for me to leave, but – um, I think the most important thing about Christopher God to me is um, how important Jesus Christ is to him. And so I feel like that was, you know, the most, um, the, I, I, I feel like that connected me and him very well. Um, and so I had an incredible visit. There was nothing bad that happened. It was all good. Um, but I remember walking into the business school um, and I thought I was going to be an accounting major and that didn't work out. But at the time I did think I was. and it was just a really special place. And I just, you know, got this like tingling sensation. This this really weird feeling that this is like my home and coach McGraw and coach flag were just two incredible men. And uh, I just could really see myself being here. And it was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Cause you know, I didn't want to be dis, uh, disloyal to A&M, but I knew that God wanted me here and, it's definitely the best decision I've ever made just to come to Baylor and play for him. Very well said. It sounds like you, you really took that decision to heart. And, you know, for people that aren't familiar, you know, Coach McGraw was at Oklahoma State, um, won a national championship there. You know, that's that's the guy that recruited names like Fowler and Mahan and Charles Howell III and, and go down the list. I know that wasn't doesn't sound like that was any sort of a selling point. Uh, you know, you had other yeah. priorities in mind, but 
I'm sure that there are other golf accomplishments that are on your radar after college. Can you maybe speak to just some of the conversations that you have with Coach McGraw, not just preparing for a golf tournament that's on your calendar, but preparing yourself for being the best player you can be once you leave school? He's full of stories, Coach McGraw is. Um, I've probably heard all of his stories more than five times. All right, uh, then, then you know them all by heart. So let's go. Let's hear. No, I'm kidding. Uh, all right. So, but but yeah, give me give me a story, uh, an anecdote, maybe that that he's been able to relate to you that isn't just like a fun story, but something that actually resonates. Where you're like, oh, okay, I I see he communicated that to a to a Ricky or to a Morgan Hoffman or a Casey Wittenberg. That really resonates with me. Um, I'm someone who needs a person that's going to believe in me because, like I said earlier, I struggle with self-confidence. I think the best thing that Coach Murray ever did for me um, was just encourage me. And, you know, my freshman year, um, my short game is the best part of my game, and I'm very creative as well. And he's always related me to, like, 70 Balceros. And I think there's not, like, certain that he's told me about Ricky, but just, like, for him to say that over and over again, has been very meaningful to me because, you know, Sevy's a very respected person in the golf world, not just for his golf, but for his character. Sure. Um, I, I think for Coach Bergard to see a little bit of him and me helped me to believe that maybe I do have the, uh, you know, the talent and the capability of um, pursuing this after college. Um, and so he's very good at, you know, um, being honest with me. And we have a really cool relationship. Um, and, you know, we are really good at holding each other accountable to things that we ask of each other um, in terms of, like, how me and him communicate. And so, uh, honestly, I think that's probably one of the coolest things that he's ever done to me is just, um, you know, giving me the encouragement that I need, but also giving it through other people, I guess. Sure, yeah. Well, I, I want to ask, I know you, you've spoken, I know there have been several articles written about some of the injuries that you've dealt with throughout your you know career. Um, you know, I'm not going to take you down the entire timetable of when this hurt and when you had surgery. I know it was last November you had some surgery to repair uh, your, your wrist and some torn cartilage. But I guess my question is something that might actually be relatable to listeners of this podcast, whether they're pl- junior players or even senior amateurs. But, you know, you've had these these different injuries. How did you build the confidence back to be able to mentally say to yourself, OK, I, I have to swing hard and down through this golf ball and I'm confident that my wrist is going to hold up? Do you kind of remember the early stages of how you were able to rebuild confidence in your body? to be able to, to handle hitting a golf ball? To be honest, it's, it was very hard for me personally. Um, before surgery, the two years that I did battle with it, um, I really never was fully confident about hitting a golf ball. Um, and so I really didn't perform at my best. And it wasn't until after surgery that I really felt like I could actually go and you know hit the ground and take a divot because yeah. the doctor told me after surgery that I couldn't do anything more to – uh, hurt it basically i mean obviously there's a chance that i could hurt it hitting it off a root or something but just like right. a normal golf shot i can't hurt it and it's easy to believe that when he's telling it to you but you know after sitting out for a couple months and coming back it's hard to really do it um and so the first month i really struggled with hitting the ground and then i i, I can't remember a certain point or you know like a certain shot that i felt like brought me back but 
honestly, I think it was just a lot of prayer. Um, and I had a lot of people that pushed me, a lot of people, I mean, mainly my teammates, um, getting me out on the golf course, you know, encouraging me, telling me about all the stuff I've done in the past. And I guess just having that belief from my other teammates helped me a lot. But in terms of how it could help, you know, junior golfers and senior golfers, um, you know, it's just a game. Uh, I think that so often people put golf, you know, as their idol um, and make it, you know, who they are, I guess is what I would say. And sure. to be honest, best thing that I ever understood was that golf isn't who I am. It's, it's the thing I do. Right. Um, I've been gifted with the talent to play it. It's God's timing. And I just, you know, put my full belief in him and tell myself that, you know, he's got it all under control and I just got to go and do it at my best ability. And I think that knowing that, you know, I have people around me that believe in me helped a lot too, but to be honest, there's not like a certain shot. It's just knowing that I can go out there and do it. Um, and just forgetting about the past and pressing on to what's, you know, ahead. And that's always the next shot. No, you're hundred percent right. I, I can't tell you how many times you, that you shoot a bad round and you feel like you're, you're bad. No, it's just, you didn't have it yeah. on the golf course that day. There's no reflection on you. So you mentioned that your short game is your strength. What were kind of your practice sessions like coming back from an injury? Was it basically just a lot of light contact putting and chipping drills? I mean, from, like I said, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are, you know, maybe they're coming back from an injury or they have limited time to practice for whatever reason. You know, how did you get the most out of your practice sessions you know, try, while trying to rehab, so to speak? I owe um, all of my comeback to my trainer, Austin, who's now with the Patriots. He was at Baylor, but he got a better gig at the Patriots. But, um, man, you just, you, you might have just lost a lot of my listeners with saying New England Patriots, but we're going to press on. <laughs> we're going to press on anyway. It's okay. I'll, I can edit that out. I'm, no, I won't edit that. I'm, I'm not a Patriots fan. I, but, um, no, he, um, he, he made a really strict schedule for me every single day when I came back. Uh, and a lot of it started out just putting and I wasn't allowed to hit anything off turf when I came back. Yeah. It was all like I hit, I can't tell you how many tees I broke, uh, just, you know, hitting wedges and I hit some chips off tees, bunker shots off tees. I mean, there was no contact with the ground for probably two to three weeks. Um, and it was hard because, you know, out of habit, you just oh, put a yeah. golf ball down chip it <laughs> and so um but that was um i had to be very disciplined that's an area that i struggle in is i'm not a very disciplined person and so that helped me a lot in that area but yeah i just hit a lot of golf balls off tees for two and a half weeks and um tried to get more shallow with my golf swing so i wasn't as steep and i wouldn't hurt it again but that's you know that was really difficult but it was also kind of fun you know having to hit shots like off tees that you have no idea that you've ever done that before like I don't know. It was kind of cool hitting a bunker shot off a tee and getting it to spin real quick. And But then after two to three weeks, I kind of progressed into hitting full swings um, off tees. And I started, you know, when people go to the range, normally they hit wedges first and then they go up to their driver or whatever. And I actually started backwards. Um, I started with my driver uh, uh hit the clubs that wouldn't take as big a divots, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the wedges have always been hard for me um, just because – I do take big divots with my wedges. Uh, and so that was the hardest part to get back to. And I tried to, you know, save it for as long as I could. So I knew that when I did get to the wedges, I was able to hit them. So this is an injury that not only had you trying to rehab your body, but actually having to kind of re-examine how you're going to approach the game. So I'd imagine that 
taking spin off of wedges off of uh, short irons is now something you're pretty good at because you've had to learn how to minimize that uh, downward descent through the ball. Absolutely. I think for the longest time, you know, I've always been someone who likes to chip and hit like the stupid chips that no one ever practices. So, I mean, I'm always hitting flop shots and um, trying to spin it out of bunkers. And I, I, I don't know, I, I just love seeing the ball spin, whether it's a full wedge and stuff. And so, you know, that's, that's good at a young age to do. But once you get to college, you know, you're trying to control your spin, not spinning a lot. And so I think in, in, in that period of time, I really worked hard at dialing in my short irons and my wedges and getting really good at, um, you know, being pin high at every shot inside 125 yards. Uh, And so it it definitely made me less steep and gave me the ability to be more consistent with my spin control. It's a, it's a shame that, and I'm going to date myself, but it's a shame that you're, you're, uh, you're as young as you are because you would have had a lot of fun when Bellotta golf balls were all the rage because, I mean, do you remember the first time you got your hands on, you know, a golf ball that, you know, like a Pro V1 or, or you know, uh, some ball that had massive amounts of spin and you're like, oh my God, this is, this is completely different. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember going in the woods, you know, back at home when I was younger and trying to find the Pro V1s and, you know, taking them to the short game area and trying to spin them out of the bunker. Yes. Like, crazy watching it do that. You know, it's crazy what a golf ball can do. But, yeah, I just remember going hunting for golf balls when I was younger in the woods. Okay, so, trying to find so this is perfect. So you're a golf dork. You're a golf dork. Uh, yeah. Perfect. I am a golf dork. Okay, perfect. <laughs> no, no, that's a, it's all, that's, a, that's, a good, uh, that's a good trait to have. Uh, let's talk about your team. I, as we discussed, picked up a win. Uh, you know, you're... You're a senior, and there are several freshmen on your team this year. You got Eisenhart, you got Kiefer, you got Scott McNeely, who uh, that name should ring a bell with a lot of the listeners. But you also have this guy named Luke Dossie. Um, yes, sir. boy, you got your younger brother as a freshman, and you're a senior now. I know we're, we're I know you want to immediately, you know, say great things, but you know, you, you got to at least make the freshmen pay their due a little bit. So, I mean, you're an upperclassman. You got to enjoy the aspect of being an upperclassman. So, what are some of the things that you see out of the freshmen on the team that you're immediately you, you praise them immediately? And say, yeah, that's keep doing that. And then maybe what are some of the things you see out of them? And you don't have to throw each one under the bus specifically, but maybe what are some of the things that you see them doing that you you as a senior immediately you know jump in and say, hey, we gotta that's not the way to go. We we don't do that here at Baylor. <laughs> I, I guess I can go through each person and just do one for each, but, um, Perfect. I'll, start, I'll start with Johnny. Um, Johnny Kiefer is an incredible golfer. He's extremely mature for his age. Um, and he's stepped up and already, you know, he's been a huge success for us and, um, very important to the lineup so far. Um, and I've already learned a lot from how he plays golf. Um, and so I guess that's the good things. Um, I guess I can throw them under the bus real quick. I know it's kind of soon, but last week in Oregon, he signed the wrong scorecard. Um, so yeah, we don't, don't do that at Bailey. Yeah, you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that at Bailey. Uh, no, but you know, that, that happens and it really stung, you know, he was, upset about it rightfully so and i think he was more upset about it hurting the team than it was himself so i applaud him in that and as much as i could give him crap for it i think he's learned already about it and i think it's going to make him better so uh that's johnny and then um scout 
Um, I played with Maverick my freshman year, and I see a lot of Maverick and Scouts golfing. They have very similar golf swings um, and very similar golf games, I guess you could say. Um, and Scout is also very, very um, smart. Just the smartest kid on the team. I guess you could call him a nerd. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then, I don't know, there's not much negatives about him. Um, he's just very smart, very witty. I don't know, I guess no one studies as much as he does, so maybe study less. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then Tyler. Uh, Tyler's a cool dude. He's very shy. Um, I guess that's the only thing that I have to say I, about him that's bad is he just doesn't talk very much, so um, I guess talk more. You'll break him out of that. He'll be, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. Um, but he's a good kid. He's got a lot of game. Um, I think that um, he's going to be good in the next couple of years um, as he gets, you know, kind of older and more mature. Um, and then I guess you're not supposed to have favorites on a team, but obviously Luke, he's my brother, and I'm always going to be picking him over everyone else. But sure. uh, uh, Luke and I have a really cool relationship. He's my best friend. Him and Sam, my other brother, are, are my best friends. And, you know, I think it's very rare nowadays that, you know, you're that close with, with your siblings. Um, and, you know, they know everything about me, and I know everything about them. So Luke's a really solid kid, um, and I learned a lot from him off the golf course mainly. Um, I guess the negative I could say is he can't beat me. Um, and I'm not going to let him beat me. <laughs> uh, that's just, you know, tough love because he's my brother. There, but there you go. I don't know. He's just a good dude. Um, everyone wants to be around him. He brings a certain energy to the team that everyone wants to be around. Um, and, you know, I think that if there's one thing I could give him advice on right now, it'd be to eat more and eat healthier and don't eat like me. Because if you eat like me, you're not going to be in good shape. So, <laughs> well, we're we're going to get into that because um, I I have a couple of questions about uh, the uh, campus life at Baylor. But you mentioned your you mentioned Luke, you mentioned Sam. You know, Sam yeah. caddies for you in the stroke play portion of the North South. Luke caddies for you in the match play portion of the North South, and then you win at Pinehurst, which um, you know only two guys won at Pinehurst this past summer, and you know you and Andy Ogletree, so. Um, let's, uh, let's see who's the better boy. I'm really putting you in a bad spot, but that's all right. You can handle it. Uh, better caddy, Luke or Sam. Oh, I know. God, they're so different. They're so different. Um, in terms of keeping me free, I'd say Sam, okay. Sam's really good at, at making me laugh. And then in terms of getting mad at me when he needs to be, that's Luke. You know, when I, hit a bad shot and kind of overreact. I think he's good at that. So I think that if I could combine them into one person, it'd be the best caddy in the world. There you go. Uh, I don't know. I don't prefer to have either one of them. I'd rather have them both. And if someone is like at the USAM, uh, Luke had his appendix out, so he couldn't caddy and Sam had to jump in and um, I was completely fine with it. So um, they're both really good. They're, they, they know my game really well and that's really important. Um, and, they both know how to, because um, I don't like to talk about golf in, in between shots. I don't like to get caught up in it. And right, they're right. really good at uh, getting my mind off of golf. Um, so they're both incredible caddies and golfers as well. Okay, incredible golfers. Who's got the best, uh, who's the best with the flat stick? Who's the best putter, Luke or Sam? 
Luke's the best putter in our family. Uh, I wish I could putt like him. Okay. <laughs> who has the hardest time not blowing a gasket on the golf course? Who who can run a little Sam. hot? Sam. Sam. Okay, oh, that was quick. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh my god. Let me get the uh, let me get the question out, Cooper. Come on. I mean, let me. <laughs> that's great. All right. So Sam. <laughs> uh, so Sam can go nuclear. I, I've got a story if you want. Oh, I got a story. That's what we do here, man. Go ahead. So first of all, he's gotten a lot better. He doesn't get as angry as he did, but he used to get real angry. Um, and so we were playing with my dad uh, back home and we play at Texas golf club where the Texas guys play it. Um, and our house is on hole 17 and my grandparents' house is on hole 15. Um, and so, you know, when Sam, it's like a decent shot at this age, he was probably, God, he's probably like 10 years old. Um, if, even if he hit to like 40 feet at 10 years old with, you know, a six iron, he, you know, sulk and Sam's club and kind of just get upset. And it was real funny. Like looking back, he laughs at it. And we had this video on our phone of a time when he was starting to kind of blow up and we were on hole 15 and my parents and my grandparents have a gate in their backyard. And my dad and I just didn't think about it at the time, but uh, my dad started taking a video of Sam because we were like expecting, you know, a breakdown. Sure. Um, and he had threw wood into this par four cause he hit it nowhere. Um, and he just like cold dens it right in the bunker. Um, and he just like hits it and just kind of like drops his club a little bit and he's holding it. And my dad's got the phone out and Sam looks up at, at, at my dad and just says, thanks dad. And like starts sulking and just puts his club in the cart and just runs into my grandparents' backyard and walks home. Like, <laughs> up the golf course. So I'm taking my uh, ball he, and I'm going home. Yeah. He, he, he's definitely had the hardest time with that out of the Dossie boys, but he's gotten a lot better and he's actually playing really good right now. So to him. Nice. Well, I, I, I know you're getting, you know, we're going to, I'm going to get you out of here with one final question. I know you're leading into the, to rest of your senior career. Uh, you know, your, your, your world amateur golf rankings, the highest it's been. So you're definitely on a roll. I know you got nationals and regionals on your, your, uh, on your, on the horizons leading into the, your last season. But let me ask you this one. You've done all these incredible things in your career at Baylor, but let me ask you, can you, put into words and explain what kind of an achievement it would be or what kind of achievement it is for a college golfer to date a cheerleader at a major university. I mean, do do you feel that you are giving hope to other collegiate golfers all around the country? I mean, this, this is a big achievement. I mean, okay. I'll I'll leave. I'll let you, I mean, you have the floor is, you know, what can you say about this? Um, Wow. I would say that golfers are athletes too. Um, (laughs) You know, Brooks Koepka spoke last week in Oregon and he is quite the athlete. And I guess I'd say just never settle. Uh, You're very capable of, you know, pursuing a a girl that is probably the best looking than you, but you can do it. If, if, if I can do it, you know, ugly me, then anybody else can do it. So, Holy uh, it's, it's, it's been, it's been really cool. We dated for a year. She's an incredible girl and, um, very thankful that God led us together and I hope it works out. So, um, yeah, I think that it's cool. Cause my mom was also a cheerleader and Ashley is too. That's my girlfriend's name. And, um, yeah, she's a special girl, um, and I guess it is pretty cool. I get to date a girl that cheers at Baylor. 
I don't know how you do it, man, but I mean, all the best. And I mean, that's, that's your, your, your <laughs> I mean, I know it's not a golf phrase, but you're, uh, you know, you're out kicking your coverage, but keep doing it, man. Just don't yeah. think about it. Uh, well, this has been a lot of fun. I, I wish you the best throughout the rest of your collegiate career. Stay healthy. Enjoy the last uh, year of college and all that comes after it. And uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you more as a uh, national championship time rolls around in the spring. But uh, glad you're able to stop by. Uh, good luck the rest of the way, and thanks for coming by the uh, back of the range. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. Uh, I've been, you know, on Instagram, I've seen your channel, and it's an honor to be on it. So I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. And there you have it. Special thanks to Cooper Dossie of the Baylor Bears for joining us this week. Best of luck to him and the rest of the Baylor Bears as they make their run for a national championship. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All the information you need every single episode is at thebackoftherange.com. So we'll see you next week for another episode here at The Back of the Range.